Welcome to the Unlocking Unlimited Potential Stories podcast. My name is Dr. Brandon Beck, and I am so excited for you to be here to join us today. The goal of this show is to amplify the stories of amazing people, which serve as inspiration for your journey. Your story matters. It tells us who you are and who you want to be. Enjoy this opportunity to hear from these innovative thought leaders as they discuss what it means to unlock unlimited potential. If you are looking for an opportunity to connect further with me after this show, please visit brandonbeckedu.com to learn more about my speaking, coaching, consulting, and other offerings that are designed to help you and your organization find greater results in your journey. Welcome to the Unlocking Unlimited Potential Stories show. I'm so excited to be here. I have my special guest. She's from New York. She's a coordinator of model schools, but really we connected a lot through the technology space because she has incredible ideas and awesome reflections from the world of technology. Lori Guion. How are you doing, Lori? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. So I can't even try to put all the things that you do and and the greatness that you're about recently into one sentence. So I'm going to let you kind of take that, you know, talking about coordinator of model schools, you're in the New York area, you're have a, a big reach and provide professional learning to educators in the area of technology. So this is an awesome, exciting act, you know, episode that I'm excited to record for our listeners. Yeah, it's it's been quite the journey for me. But uh, we, or I've started using technology in the classroom back in uh, let's say 2013, somewhere around there, when we were handed iPads the week before school started, and uh, we no training on them. I never even I didn't have a smartphone. I didn't know anything about technology, and I just I tried it out, and I just saw the the potential that it had. I I was excited to see what it did for students in the classroom. And so it became this new journey for me, this new passion. And it was one of those things that I kind of set out to find out everything I could about technology. I signed up for every training, every webinar, every workshop that I could uh, to see what people were doing already and to learn you know, with them and to grow with them over the, the course of the few years. So since then, um, you know, in the role I'm in now, it's all professional learning. So uh, I have 31 school districts out of my BOCES in upstate New York. Um, we reach about 40,000 students with those, with, within those districts. And anytime a district purchases, uh, you know, some software or tries a, a new tech tool, it's kind of my job to make sure that they know how to use it effectively. Um, I've been able to do that through BOCES. And then I also am a trainer with NiceScape, our uh, New York group for technology and education. Um, I'm the capital region director for them as well. And I teach classes on like certification classes, uh, the new computer science and digital fluency standards. I do a lot of work along around that area as well. Uh, and then I also teach for SUNY Plattsburgh. I teach in their uh, school building leader program. I teach digital age learning uh, there as well. So really, it's just uh, showcasing the best ways to use technology in the classroom to leverage the learning for our students. That is something that we've all have a, had a crash course in in the past couple of years, for sure. And I'm sure that you have seen such a change 
and such a advance in everything. And I know the last couple of years in schools, as people went from, well, maybe can't everybody can't really have a computer in their hand to all of a sudden now, wait a minute, pretty much everybody has a computer in their hand and can even get on a Zoom call. Um, it's just been amazing to see how much we have advanced as a society, which has also led to so much advancement in all of these other software organizations, curriculum developers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So there's so much stuff out there. And I know being an educator and a teacher in the classroom myself, I'm someone who is comfortable and excited to dive in and always ready for something sort of technology that will make my life easier. So I have to use less paper. So I'm a big fan and proponent of that. But I think a lot of times with technology, and I'm sure you probably see this as well, is sometimes that resistance to the technology is, well, you know, I got to start something new. I'm not sure if I'll be able to do it. You know, those limiting beliefs that come in. And there's also so many things that are out there. So where do, where on earth do they start? You know, that's that question that comes out. So what is some advice you have some people who are out there knowing that there's a lot of things they can take advantage of, but just not really sure where to start? What are some suggestions that you have? Yeah, you're right. It has been a, a big shift since March of 2020. Um, the first year of, of us being in this pandemic, I hosted over 300 webinars. Uh, just to try to get teachers ready for whatever it is they needed the next day or the next hour, you know, depending on when uh, they were coming to the trainings. And there were certain trends at the beginning. At the beginning, like you said, it was how do I use Zoom? How do I use Google Meet? Uh, how can I, you know, send things to students or gather uh, information from them? So it's all that basic 101 type of level, um, you know, things that I was doing a lot of then. And then it started to shift. Then it was, how can I make it fun? How can I make it engaging? What can I do to make sure I'm reaching that student? And, and we all had this window into our children's lives in a very different way. I remember early on doing a, uh, I was modeling how to use a, a tech tool. I was using Funsy with um, first graders. There were some, I think there were a few kindergartners too, but it was mostly first graders. And uh, so that we were creating Valentine's Day cards. It was, uh, we were creating virtual ones and then we were going to send these cards to uh, nursing homes to cheer everyone up. It was Can you just rewind it back activity. right there? Because a lot of our listeners may not know what Buncey is. Can you give us the, the cocktail version real quick so they know how you're doing sure. this with cards? Yeah, so Buncey is a, a really amazing platform for creating digital uh, design. So um, it allows you to have these stickers and these animations. You can add video and audio. Uh, it allows for these really fun and engaging images to be created very simply. So uh, you don't even have to be able to read in order to create on the Buncey platform, which is fabulous because, you know, first grade, you have uh, very varied in what their abilities are, but it's, it's accessible for everyone. Um, and if they do have to read something, it has immersive reader built in. So it's very accessible for anyone that needs support. Um, so we use this site. We what I created a, a template for them of just this background that was all pinks and yellows and all that kind of thing, you know, uh, Valentine's type co uh, colors. And then I put in a little monster, a little character for them. And then I created a section of, you know, hats and ties and and 
all sorts of accessories so they can design their monster. And then they were able to then explore and find other things that they wanted to add in. Some of them were able to type in a text, some of them used audio, um, some of them just wanted it to just be images, um, but we were able to do this in, in a very quick amount of time. You know, I only had 20 minutes with them, so we were able to walk through and do that sort of activity together. So we were able to, to build them. And then what's nice about Buncee is you can create what they call Buncee boards. So you can put all of the Buncees in one location and then you send one link that sends all of these cards out to wherever you want to send it. It's it's no one has to sign into anything to see all these cards. We're able to do that. Um, so that's kind of where the shift started to happen. You know, as we're talking about shifting from the 101s to let's do these fun activities to let's create these uh, these experiences for our students. Um, and then the shift, you know, with the technology and where I see people going now in now that we're kind of coming out of it, coming back into the classroom, is finding that balance of when to use technology and when not to. So um, I'll give you another example. I had a, a teacher that um, was doing a global impactor program with the Digital Citizenship Institute. And uh, she wanted to talk about the UN Sustainable Development Goals around clean water and sanitation. Um, and she was, uh, she teaches seventh grade uh, Spanish. And so the first year students were learning Spanish. And what she was able to do was connect with a, a nonprofit out of Vermont, uh, Pure Water for the World. And uh, they had a person that was in Trojes in um, Honduras. And we were able to do a video call where we can bring that woman in. And she taught the students how to do a hand washing song in both English and in Spanish. And then the students learned that in this village of Trojes, the, the children have to walk fa fairly far to get water. There's no clean water sanitation anywhere within the village. And um, so they learned the, the plight of children and, and the, the fact that their water is contaminated and what happens to children when they, they drink this water and use this water. So the students decided to do a fundraiser and they were able to raise money to build uh, a couple bio sand filters for this village. So that's where you're starting to see that shift now with technology. It's not just you know, writing your essay or, um, you know, using voice instead of typing. It's really become how can we uh, open the world up to our classrooms and, um, you know, invite everyone in. That is a valid piece of wisdom. I think that is really relevant for a lot of us. There's so many ways to connect out there in the world. And especially these connections have been made easier through the pandemic, because now people are more prone to be able to use these devices to have these pieces of technology in place in some capacity in places in the world where they never were before, which is even more amazing. Um, so that's just, that's awesome. I love to hear that. And you know, and you think about too, that global impact for educators. I know you also do a bunch of professional learning um, that you conduct as well. And I know that you're also active in the social spaces as an educator, talk a little bit about the power of that for an educator right now. Yeah, it's it's interesting when, uh, and I'll go back to the beginning of the pandemic again. Uh, you know, people were finding out that there was training going on because they were asking on Facebook. Some of them were uh, jumping onto Twitter or Instagram. Um, emails were being sent out by different companies and they were starting to find these connections. And, uh, I, you know, before it used to be, I, I go in and I'd be like, all right, here's my Twitter handle. What's yours? We'll, we'll um, connect. And there were teachers who were like, oh, I don't touch Twitter or, I, you know, it's social media isn't for me. But I've started to see the shift where they realize that it's a great place to connect. It's a great place to build your professional learning network, to get ideas, to get support. 
And uh, for me, I mean, I, when I joined Twitter, I was definitely the lurker at the beginning, you know, and I just, I was just kind of figuring it all out. And I think a lot of people were doing that on Facebook with groups and all of a sudden they were following different groups because they were finding resources, you know, where I'm a big proponent of teachers give teachers, right? That concept where we're supposed to help each other and support each other and um, offer ideas. And, and I find that social media does that. So I have a very great uh, PLN on Twitter and on Facebook and a little bit into Instagram and TikTok, but more, more Twitter for me is tends to be my comfort zone. And, um, you know, it doesn't have to be doing Twitter chats, but it's just communicating with, uh, with different people, connecting with people that uh, have similar ideas or thoughts as you, but also stretching yourself to learn about things that maybe you're just not as comfortable with. And to ask those questions, because there's always going to be somebody out there who maybe had an experience that you haven't that can help you. So um, I do, I throw questions out there very often and say, hey, you know, you know, I have a teacher who's looking for this, or I'm looking to be able to do whatever it is I'm looking to do. And, you know, people write back and they, they offer support. Um, you know, whenever there's something you are proud of, you know, you win an award or, you know, um, for you, Brandon, writing a book, all of a sudden you have all of these people that want to find out more, want to congratulate you, want to uh, celebrate you. Um, so you might find that you just have, um, you have this group of people that that become, you know, your Twitter friends or your Facebook friends that that you look forward to seeing them hopefully at, at conferences. But even if you don't, you know that you have a connection that has been made, and it opens up opportunities too. Um, you know, the the teacher that that was do, doing the work with the the village, she was able to connect with Peerwater, and she had to find that out through different ways. So you're looking at at ways that you can can connect, um, you know, between whoever you need. Yeah, no, absolutely. That is um, 1000% what I agree with everything that you're saying on top of the fact of here we are making these connections around the world. And the one thing it all comes back to for me when my journey was that you're not alone. And especially during the time of COVID, I personally didn't even really use Twitter or social media for education until the pandemic kind of began. And during the pandemic was when, for me, the story of my writing my book came to. And as the story of writing my book came to, I'm starting to research and learn and meet other authors and try to meet other people in the education space and see what they're experiencing too. And it was so uplifting, especially during the pandemic, to see that what the craziness that I was seeing where I was, was also happening in other places. And it was also happening even worse in other places. And it just also gave me something to connect with so that I could connect and keep myself pointed in the right direction. Because I think honestly, social media for Twitter saved my life as an educator, because all of a sudden I found myself hooked on Twitter chats. And we, we met through Twitter chats way back we when, <laughs> right? Yep. So it's just Absolutely. so funny. Here we are now recording a podcast and we've spoken several times before this. And it just goes mm -hmm. to show that there is so much good in whatever device or anything you're using, as long as you're focusing on rising by lifting others, as long as you're focusing on the positive of what's out there. Because we can all go on to social media and we can all post pictures of our, you know, of our dinner plate, or we could all post pictures of the worst day we ever had and just 
you know, rip on people and tell them that their life sucks too. We can't go that route. I mean, we have that choice. And I think at the end of the day, when all of this comes into whatever device or whatever thing you're using, it's that connection. How are you growing that global impact? And I love the idea of using that with students and being able to connect with parts of the world. And so that's really admirable that 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 was able to be done. And I'm sure you have a lot of other things in mind that are going to be going forward into the future. But we talked a little bit about all this at the beginning. And I was saying I was going to ask you for some of your 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 top couple options of tech things, because there's all many, so many tech things out there. And I was going to say, what is give me your top couple items and, and throw them out and let's sure. give them to our listeners and give them a little bit of feedback about how you like to use these these devices and these units and this yeah. software. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I could list my favorite tech tools easily, but I, I'd like to start with um, why I like them, you know, what they do. Um, and it really is, we, we don't, we, we know our students are very good at consuming technology, but we want them to be creators, inventors, explorers. We really want them to use the technology to, um, to realize the, the potential that they could possibly have. Um, so I always look at, at when I, when I look at a tech tool, I, I want to know, is it research-based, right? You want to make sure that, uh, what they're offering is something that is, it's based in, in information that we know can help our students be successful. And then um, does it allow them to create? Does it allow them to communicate? Does it allow for collaboration? Um, does it offer content that's going to fill some of the gaps that, that it, maybe you're going to help teachers out? Um, and I mean, I always say it, and, and sometimes people call me the Nearpod lady, but Nearpod, I always feel like is a, the perfect package of that. Um, so if I'm going to talk tech tools, that would be uh, one of my favorites because it, it allows you to gather that feedback from your students like you probably have never seen before. So I mentioned I had iPads um, as early as 2013 and uh, Nearpod was actually the very first app I ever used on a smart device ever, whether my personal or my professional, that was it. So I've grown with the company over the years, but what was neat was that I learned digital citizenship with my students that first year. We did the, the lessons that were embedded into Nearpod and we learned how to communicate but all of a sudden I noticed that I, that students that were quiet in my class all of a sudden had a voice. They felt comfortable typing something in or drawing a picture. And um, all of a sudden we had this two-way communication that I hadn't realized before. And uh, it got to the point where students were looking forward to it. They wanted to do the Nearpod because they could have that um, interaction. You know, all of a sudden it was active engagement versus um, sit and listen to me talk. You know, nobody wants that. Um, so that that one I felt built a community, and that I think is key to any classroom, right? Um, I mean, you know, you can build a community without technology. I, I always had a a whiteboard outside my classroom. I put a quote of the day out every day. So as the students were walking into my class, I could kind of set their mind on what we were doing for the day. Um, and I always tried to put things that would make them smile. Sometimes they were silly, sometimes they were fun, sometimes they were uplifting, but the idea was I wanted to get their focus set as they were coming through my doorway. But they also could then hop on Nearpod and do an activity right away. So while I'm working with other students, they could be doing that first activity as they're getting logged in. So it, it just allowed for this flow. I mentioned Buncee. Buncee's always been one of my favorite creation tools. There's other great ones too. I mean, Canva has a, a lot of uh, similar features and I use them in very different ways. Um, Adobe Spark will do the same or uh, the Creative Cloud will do the same. Um, I, I love uh, Kami for what it does for allowing for that two-way communication. 
Um, I worked with one um, sixth grade math teacher where she, when she grades her homework or the work that students do in class, she has uh, the work done in Cami so she can screen record herself as she's going through and grading the assignment. So she can speak out loud, hey, this is where uh, you, you got the answer right, but here's where you made a mistake. This is where it should have gone. Here's how I can help you. And then it became this two-way communication between the students. And it almost was like these little mini conferences that students were getting versus just red, you know, red lines on their paper when they were getting it back in this more traditional way. Um, so those kind of ones can be really helpful and can be really, um, uh, they can really expand on what the students are able to do in the classroom. Um, again, as long as they're creating, as long as they're communicating, as long as they're working together, then you know, those programs can be really um, effective and very um, they, they can be useful. I, I think the biggest thing though is no matter which tool you use, because I can name you know 15 more that I absolutely love, but I, I think the biggest thing is you have to think about what is this tool going to do? Uh, no different than you use a pencil or a whiteboard in your classroom. What is it going to do? How is it going to support? What is it going to allow my students to do that maybe they couldn't do if I didn't use this technology? If, it's, if it makes more sense to do it off the technology, then it's fine, do it off the technology. Offer your students choice. Uh, a lot of students were feeling a little burned out on being on tech, um, you know, through the pandemic. So if they'd rather do, a, you know, if you're, they have to create something about a book they're reading and they want to do an old-fashioned poster, let them. There's nothing wrong with that. But I guarantee you can take that poster and add a QR code where they can do a video uh, that attaches to it, and it can bring it to a whole other level as well. Yeah, absolutely. Using technology to enhance the learning and innovation as opposed to using the technology just for the glitz and the glam, right? So, and, under, and understanding the why behind it, you know, and that's what you're kind of reminding people, no matter what you use, just remember the why behind it. What is it that you are trying to build, what you're amplifying? And that idea of voice too is really critical, you know, as well, being an educator in a classroom with kids that come from a, a wide range of, of language, experience and background you know kids that are newcomers into the united states the within the last you know one to one month to the last you know three years and then having kids that have been there since day one and all in diverse classrooms i really it's interesting you say that because i noticed how they're able to communicate on tech and yes google class um google translate is a quick yeah. fix but sure. God, what an effective tool. Because I was a teacher before Google Translate and after Google Translate. And I can assure you that just the way it helps us communicate. So that it even goes even further beyond just a global impact because it allows that global impact to happen because of these linguist linguistic resources that we have now that tech provides. And it's being provided in more and more of the curriculums and more and more of the software. Everything's coming out you know, bilingually at least or in other languages. So Absolutely. thank God for all that. Yeah. And it's just I, I, I have another so great. Yeah, go nuts. Yeah, I, I, know, I have one. another story that when you were talking yeah. about it, um, I there's this one district I work in that um, they, they took a school bus and they changed it over to be a community bus. They completely gutted the inside and, and they built, you know, shelves and, you know, cabinets and all sorts of things. And uh, we had first graders coming on the bus um, right at the end of school. And uh, the teacher pulled me aside and she said, this one student had just joined them that week. So three weeks before school ended, 
he ended up in the school, didn't speak any English. And um, I said, well, what language does he speak? And she said, Spanish. And he, I said, no problem. I brought him up on the bus. I pulled out Osmo and uh, the monster game on Osmo. I changed the language to Spanish and he was able to participate in the activity. It was just a, a simple switch. In the past, I, you know, it would have been, what, what can we do? How can we help? Here, I'm able to make sure he has the same experience as everybody else sitting on the bus doing different activities because I was able to shift it over to another language for him. And you're right, that that is something that, um, you know, I don't know was available to us you know, 10 years ago, or at least not as, as effective as it is now. Um, you know, I mentioned Immersive Reader, that has opened a lot of doors as well. And that's built into a lot of our programs now where you can change the languages. Um, I was on the bus again a couple of weeks ago um, with, uh, with preschoolers and we were doing coding uh, using Osmo uh, to do coding. And there was a student, he knew two words in English. He knew his name and the word rainbow. Um, but he was able to participate and follow along on the activity because it was all through pictures and music. And, and so it allowed him to be able to be engaged in what we were doing. So, um, you know, it's all about it's all about opening up those opportunities. And I get excited about it because I remember the first year that um, I did Hour of Code in my classroom, I had a, a group of students that were English language learners. And I had one student who um, up until this point, so Hour of Code is usually done in December. So up to this point, he had never communicated with me, um, rarely did, did rarely engaged in anything in the classroom. He didn't really have a, a group of friends. He really struggled. And uh, the first day of our code, I put everyone on it. I said, I've never done this before. I know nothing about coding. Let's try it together. And by the end of that day, uh, of that hour that we had done it, he asked me if it was, if I could open up the uh, something more for him. He wanted more. Um, so I opened up the 20 hour course. And by that Friday, he had completed the 20 hour course at home all on his own because he had found something he was really good at. And he found something that he could be a leader in. By the end of the week, because we did it every day for a week, first time through, you know, it takes a little longer. And by the end of the week, the students were asking him to sit with them at lunch so they could try it on their iPad during lunch and try to figure it out together. Um, you know, he was laughing with kids when we went out to, um, you know, to the playground. He was actually engaged with, with different students. It opened up a whole new world for him. Um, and that's the potential. That's, that's where I get excited about using technology. Yeah, using technology to enhance your global impact and be able to yeah. break down any obstacles or communication barriers that get in your way is really what it's all about. I think that's, you know, in a nutshell, that's really the great thing. And, and you've talked about such great stories of creating that with sometimes it's just a click of a button. And although that may not be the perfect translation for all the bilingual educators out there. I, I'm aware of that, but it is at least the foot in the door and it is a lot better than ignoring the needs of the individuals and thinking that they have to have the language first in order to use the tool. That is such a common misunderstanding with language learners. Absolutely. And so, you know, I love that you just kind of jumped in and, and we're always so surprised because they're using different areas of their brain. And it's, I've, thousands of those same stories and and just it's really interesting how you weren't able to communicate by speaking with that person but now all of a sudden you can see so much going on with just the excitement that student has or the excitement that Absolutely. leader has or whoever it is it's awesome it's amazing yeah, you can thing. see the joy <laughs> that's for sure yeah that's what it's all about you know you've talked about so many great um experiences and and you get a chance to work with so many different education educators probably one of the hardest 
questions to ask you is to pick one person to dedicate this episode to. But we do dedicate every episode to someone who's out there unlocking unlimited potential and all whom they serve. And you have selected Amanda Braheny. Tell us about Amanda. So I mentioned her when I mentioned that seventh grade uh, Spanish teacher who connected her children with uh, the the village in Honduras, um, but she continued oh, on. Oh yes, with- perfect. I would <laughs> I agree with you on this. I was going to say we got to. I hope it's that one. She actually was named. Um, uh, uh, Jill Biden did uh, the uh, teachers who saved the pandemic. She did a, a feature on in Time Magazine, and Amanda was uh, one of the ones that was chosen uh, with that project that she did. Um, but she continued it, even though the students are back in in the classroom again. She she's done it again this year. They're they're continuing to do the fundraising to get more bio sand filters for that village. But then she's also taken on another challenge. She's connected with the music teachers, and they're working with the landfill harmonic um, to bring um, you know awareness to other things that are happening in our world and other um, opportunities to connect her students with 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 students in other parts of the world. Uh, and it's just unbelievable the amount of work that she's been able to do and the excitement her, her students are having while learning to speak another language. You know, it's their first year, uh, you know, doing this and, the, and they're having these amazing experiences. So yeah, I would always, you know, I always say, I have so many teachers that do amazing things. Um, Amanda is just one of them, but she's just absolutely remarkable in what she brings to her students. Shout out to Amanda. That is an incredible story to be a, a small piece of and to see her continue to go and take on that innovation is something that's got to be excited for you who's somebody's who's had the opportunity to work alongside her so keep going amanda we need more educators like you keep going appreciate you one last thing Lori. we've been talking about it this whole time we've been talking about unlocking unlimited potential so i gotta ask you to finish my sentence unlocking unlimited potential means I think it really means following your heart. It's uh, finding what makes you smile, gets you going, gets your heart racing, finding that thing that really you feel passionate about and then spreading it to others so you can make them smile and have them have the same opportunities or opportunities that work for them so they can reach their potential as well. Absolutely. I love that. You have a lot of great things coming up. It is happening things happening in the fall the winter the spring you got big conferences ahead you're excited about to learn and you said and also be a part of talk a little bit about what's coming for you in the future yeah so we've been really involved with the the computer science and digital fluency standards here in new york so i have a a few train the trainers coming up through nice gate and then uh we have a Uh, Two big conferences, one that's being done through SUNY Plattsburgh on the digital age, uh, the vulnerability in uh, in the digital age. We're going to be talking about using technology for good and um, the shift from digital citizenship to digital wellness. And then uh, we have our NiceGate conference coming up in November. And I have, I think, three or four sessions on digital citizenship, you know, just really thinking about uh, how we can make sure that we're connecting our students in this global world and really think about how they can make that global impact and, and use technology to, to spread kindness and to make others smile. That sounds awesome. If you're looking to connect with Lori, check out her Twitter tag, which is in the show notes and check that out. And I hope that you really found something in this show that you enjoyed and I hope that you will like it, subscribe to the show, share the show with somebody else because there's 
tons of golden nuggets inside this show for anybody who's out there who's someone who's kind of toe in the water in tech or someone who's super comfortable in tech and someone who's just kind of lost the sight of their why in using tech. Don't think you have to use 10 million things in the coming season, in the coming school year. You just have to start with one and use it well and then go from there. Let your students lead. Let your students take the take the floor. You'd be surprised what happens when you give them the wings, especially when it comes to technology, because they're way smart, smarter than all of us. All of us. Sorry, just letting you know, because that's the truth. They're all smarter than all of us, aren't they, Lori? Absolutely. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. They're capable of more than we ever were. And I will never know what it was like to be born with scrolling a, a phone, you know, since day one. I have a two year old daughter I see use an iPhone better than I do. And I'm usually, you know, pretty interested in how that's going to pan out for her, because the life that these kids have ahead of them is there's so many jobs that have not even been born yet. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. The potential is endless. It's endless. So to all my listeners out there, if you have not signed up for the Something For You newsletter, please head on over to brandonbeckedu.com. It is free, helpful tips and resources that come out on the 1st and 15th of every month. Just head on over there to sign up. Check it out. I hope that you will enjoy all of those newsletters as well as everything that comes along with that, those free tips, those free resources, and I hope you get the chance to use them. And to everybody else out there, I hope you enjoyed this show. Lori, this has been fantastic. I really appreciate you taking the time to join us. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. And to all the educators out there, remember that the journey towards unlocking unlimited potential begins with you. Continue to educate with passion, 